Thanks for subscribing to the ZonCon podcast, the podcast all about Amazon conversations. These are the tips and tricks to become an Amazon millionaire. Here is your host, Andrew Erickson. He is all things Amazon, and so is this podcast. Let's have an Amazon conversation. Hey, hey guys, welcome back to the Zoncom podcast. This is your host, as always, Andrew Erickson, and I am here with one of my favorite recurring guests, Chris Rawlings. Thank you so much for being here, Chris. What's up, dude? What's up, guys? Excited for this. <laughs> awesome. Chris has been on a bunch of times. Uh, if you just type his name in, Chris Rawlings, into our archive, you can find it. Uh, we did in-depth with him. That was episode, I want to say 79 and 80 or maybe 78, something like that. Oh, it's published the first up. part of December. So if you want to check out Chris's full in-depth story, you can uh, check that one out. But today we're going to do a fun little bite-sized episode on mindset. And Chris is one of my favorite people to talk about mindset. And so, Chris, I appreciate you coming on and shooting the shit with us. Yeah, totally. It's funny because I'm the type of person, you and I both have a science background. That's part of why we like sync so well. And we're all in the spreadsheets, nerding out and stuff. And uh, a lot of my life, I thought this mindset stuff was bullshit. And uh, it took me a long time to come back around to it and realize that it's actually the fundamental, you know, underlying foundation for everything else. Totally agree. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about what an abundance mindset is, right? And so uh, again, if you are more of a spreadsheet guy, like Chris said, yeah, this mindset is still really, really important. And so uh, we talk about lots of really tactical, in-depth things in other episodes. This one's going to be a little bit more like mindset and how we feel about things and how you should think about things. And really, the you as a CEO, yes, you need to know those spreadsheets, but also you are the visionary of your business and you do yeah. need to think of mindset and keep that in focus all, at all times. Exactly. So, Chris, you tell me. Chris has this amazing analogy we'll hear in a second. But so what do you think about with abundance mindset? What does that kind of mean to you and what does it not mean to you? Yeah, well, it, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, both scarcity and abundance are real things. You know, they really exist. There's only so much oil that you can drill up out of the world. You can't just mindset your way to drilling more oil. There's only a certain amount of it. But abundance is an important mental framework to utilize when it comes to information and things that humans create. I mean, it, ultimately, our brains are just information processing computers. It's what we do is process information. That's why in your imagination, anything can happen. There's infinite abundance in your imagination. I can imagine trillions or quadrillions of dollars. And I can imagine a world with like 10 times the population is this world. There's absolutely no limits in my mind because it's dealing with information. You know, knowledge is one of those things that deals with information, which is why we encounter this type of thing in masterminds and stuff like that. But uh, there's a really cool like little, uh, this story takes like 30 seconds. So I'm going to tell this quick story about this. It's from Peter Diamandis, who he's a billionaire. He's done so many cool things. His current company is actually mining precious metals from asteroids. The guy is absolutely crazy. You know, one of those Silicon Valley tech, you know, eccentric entrepreneurs. And uh, he wrote this book, Bold. It was while I was raising funding that I read this and I thought it was really interesting. It was called Making Stone Soup. And this is literally, you may have heard this before. I see the look on your face. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. I actually heard this as like a, as like a kid story when I was a little kid. Oh, I actually, really? first oh, wow. I thought it was stupid. And then, and then when I like really understood it, I was like, oh, that's genius. I it love is. it. Yeah. And this is what raising funding is. Because you you have to, when you're raising funding and you're doing a startup that does venture capital, you're raising money on nothing. You don't have anything. 
like most of the, the startups in Silicon Valley that are raising money, they don't have a uh, product even. They don't have revenue. They don't have customers. They don't have traction. They're raising money on something that doesn't exist. And that's what Making Stone Soup is. It's the story of these three weary soldiers who wander into a village. Nobody wants to help them. Nobody wants to feed them. They're starving. You know, they need to have a meal. They haven't eaten in days. And basically what they do is they take a big cauldron. They take it into the center of the town square and they start cooking up a pot of water and they have three stones. And, you know, a passerby goes, you know, what are you guys doing? They say, we're making stone soup. And the guy goes, you can't make soup out of stones. And they're like, watch me. They start making it. And uh, the guy's like, what? No way can you make stones out of soup out of stones. And they're like, yeah, you can. Yeah. You, and he's like, well, how can I help? Like, I want to I want to be part of this. This sounds awesome. He's like, you know, what you could do is you could bring some carrots. Carrots make stone soup taste a lot better. Comes and brings the carrots. He tells his neighbors. Suddenly, there's a whole group gathering around. Everybody's so interested in how the stone soup is made, and they keep saying, "Well, you know, you could bring some potatoes. That, that would really add some cool flavor. You could add some cardamom." It, you know, by the time they're done making the stone soup, everyone's so excited about this stone soup, they don't realize that they're the ones that made it because they had the vision for it, and they convinced everybody else about the vision and had them contribute to it. And little did they know. They were tasting this beautiful soup that they all contributed to, you know, all, all at once because of painting this vision from the very get go. And at the very end, before they serve the soup, they just take the stones out. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. The, yeah. The, the analogy I remember that they actually put the stones in and at the very end, they take the stones out and they just yes. discard them. Yep. And the soup is what the community brought together and everyone came and brought their own little piece, put it together and made this delicious soup. Oh yes. Yes. I love that. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's like, it, it, that's what that, that mindset is all about. Cause another way to put mindset is mental frameworks. Like if you have a mental framework that you understand that this is how the world works, that you actually create the shadow of the thing that you want to create in your mind first, and you're really good at articulating it to others, they see the shadow of the thing as the real thing if you articulate it the right way. And then the thing actually is manifested in this 3D reality we live in from that. That first, that shadow has to be created, that information version, the model of it has to be created in the brain first before it can be, be created in reality. So yeah, it's really interesting. Again, for people with, with minds like you and I, you know, I have a degree in physics, I know you have a degree in math and you're an engineer and you know, we, it's, we're not really used to, to thinking that way. But that's that's actually how things work when it comes to the things that are important to us, you know, like money and business and, you know, even things like relationships and love and, you know, things of that nature. It's it all comes down to the mental frameworks and especially this abundance framework. Did you, um, Chris, you mentioned Peter Diamantis yeah. like you. Did you read his book called Abundance? I've read actually his other book, Bold. I haven't read the book. I was going to say, you brought that up and I was like, I, hey, I, I thought you were going to steal my steal my thunder there because I was going to talk oh, about yeah? his book. No, no, Abundance. go ahead. Take that thunder. And No, okay. <laughs> no, you, you, you harmonize my thunder. Because nice, <laughs> nice. same author, same same intellectual, I guess, whatever, P Peter Diamandis. Is that how you say his yeah, name? Peter Diamandis. He has a book called Abundance, The Future is Better Than You Think. And he talks, it's an amazing book, Qu quick, easy read. The book's actually free because that's part of the book is that he thinks that all this mm. information, all mm. new things mm. are going to become free or mm -hmm. nearly free, mm -hmm. right? And he kind of goes with this, like, uh, he shows like how the world's going to become this great, or it is already, but will continue to be this great, amazing, abundant place. Mm -hmm. Think about music, for example, right? It used to be that yeah. you had to, sometimes you had to, you had to like physically walk 
and go to the place where the guy makes music or you had to learn how to do the music yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Before recording, right? So you had to actually go. And so there's not a lot of music being shared. It's very expensive, right? And then, of course, we learned how to record music. And now you're buying physical mediums with recorded music. And then now you start having pop stars and these huge, massive things where you can have somebody professionally produce music and then they share it in a physical medium, right? Mm -hmm. But now... Like, I haven't personally bought music in a decade because I I, I pay for I pay for like events and other stuff like that. Mm. But like actually listening to music, you don't have to anymore. We have we live in this abundant world of music. You can not only is it's so abundant that not only do you not have to pay for it, but you have abundance of choice because now any random person can just pull out their ukulele and sing a little song and post it to YouTube or post it to Spotify or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And they can share that and you can find the ukulele players and like follow, follow them. Right. Yeah. And so it's like this like amazing, like, and and the funny thing is you, if you measure economically music industry measured in revenue or records sold has actually gone down in the last decade, two decades, but the amount of music consumption has gone up like four X. And so it's just this, like that is an example of where music was and is now and where it will be in the future and everything will be like that all especially information technology will all be like that that's such a great like example like specific example in one industry i think uh you know what's really interesting is if you look at that music example say you know 200 years ago if you wanted to listen well let's let's go back 400 years ago okay if you wanted to listen to beautiful music you had to know a musician who could play it live for you someone who could sing or play a song, and it would cost them something to do that. It would cost them time. It would cost them energy. It would You might have to pay to see that live show. Now there's no cost to a musician to share their experience. Like you said, you could just put it up on YouTube. I could follow a ukulele artist and I could enjoy their music without any cost to them. So, and it's, this is what's happening with humanity right now. We're now in what the zeitgeist calls the information age. You know, we had the bronze age and the industrial revolution. And we even had the digital age, but now this is past digital. We're in the information age, just starting the information age. And like you said, everything is going to be like that. And the reason is because we now have the ability to store and transfer and share everything more and more of our lives and what's important to us via information. You know, it, it like almost everything like can be like, if you think about like even physical goods, you know, you can transmit physical information. People are 3D printing guns in their house. You know, they yep. they get they download a free blueprint for a gun. And maybe that's that's a violent example. But say anything like uh, if I wanted a new like case to to store my tea, that was really cute. You know, I could just download it, print it at my desk. You know, it's literally everything is turning to to information. Information is something that carries abundance. So, and it's, it's weird because we're not programmed this way. Like for most of human evolution, it was like, if, if I was in a tribe and you were in a tribe, you know, on the nearby plot of land and the berries I picked in, in the forest we share, the more berries I picked, the less berries you had, you know, it's, it was not an attitude of abundance. And now we're moving into this, especially with all this talk of the metaverse, you know, Facebook changing their name to meta, you know, a lot of the the tech sphere thinks that we're going to be living a lot of our lives in the digital world, which COVID obviously accelerated. You know, the, the further this goes, 
the more we get to that world where there's abundance mindset of everything. See that that right there, that information wants to be shared. And the, the best thing about knowledge and information is that you whenever you share it, you don't lose it. Yeah, right? exactly. So I know Real you have cost. a good analogy on this one, right, Chris? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the analogy is that of the difference between pizza and fire. And it's, Andrew's actually made a meme out of this. Um, it's become some somewhat of a, a thing uh, in our, our friend circle. So I, I have a pizza, right? If I'm sharing that pizza with my friends, they take a slice. That's one less slice for everyone else. There's only eight total slices in the pizza. Okay. When I take a piece of pizza, that's less pizza for you. Um, if we're sharing a pizza, the more pizza I eat, the less pizza you can have. It's a scarce resource. Compare that with something like fire. You know, if I have a lit candle and you have a candle that's unlit, me lighting your candle doesn't cost me anything to do. I don't lose anything. You taking my fire actually doesn't leave me with less fire at all. I have the same amount of fire that I started with. I can share it with you without any cost to myself. And all of knowledge is that way. All of information is that way. It's it's uh, sharing without any cost. People can benefit from one another without costing one another anything. And that's that's why I'm all about the fire, baby. Fire over pizza every day. Yes, I love that. And the fact that not only do you get to keep your fire, but you get to light and warm somebody else. Right? Yes. And then on the flip side, I mean, hey, you know what? Like, even if you are doing it selfishly, like if I don't care about lighting or fire or, or heating them up, guess what? If your fire goes out, you there's can more fire across up. the room. That's so And you true. can get your fire back, right? Yes. So that's why I do this podcast. That's why I do the, the share these ideas. I find that being transparent and putting ideas out there and, and letting people know what's happening and what I'm doing, what I want, and then how I, and, and kind of how other people can, can achieve higher, greater, amazing things too, that more stuff just comes back to me that you just, I'm just, I just want to light as many yes. candles as I can, because I will also feel the glow and the heat and the fire from the other candles around me. I love that. That's such a good attitude. Yeah. And that's true. And I, I feel like that's, it's interesting because we'll see as this continues to unfold, this human story continues to unfold. I think that people that embrace that truth and that reality and that, that mental framework of abundance, the rest of us are going to see those people start to rise. And that's a good thing because that means mm -hmm. the givers are winning. <laughs> you know, that's what we, yeah. that's the kind of world that we want to live in. I think you were there on one of the, the Titan huddles when I was talking about like, how I just don't agree with like the definition of an adult. My dad, <laughs> my dad is still like pissed that uh, he says I have a Peter Pan complex. I still don't know anything about insurance or registration or paperwork or all of this, all of these things. Cause like by the time I had to deal with that, I had an assistant to handle it for me. And I just, I never want to learn that. I don't want to learn how to do taxes and like do paperwork and deal with insurance and stuff. I like to live in the state of joy and curiosity and wonder and presence. And those are characteristics that are associated with children, kids, boys or girls, boy in my case. And so, yeah, I, I'm sort of boyish, sort of childish in a way because I like to be in the state of joy and wonder. And I, that's what I like. I don't like this state of like kind of seriousness and like 
judgment and like, not, not, I mean, responsibility is good. That's, that's one of the good aspects that we associate with adults. But I think that the more this, this unfolds, this story unfolds, the more we'll be able to be the best part about being human, sharing, enjoying life, being present, helping others, playing. Playfulness is one of the, the, the greatest qualities in a person to me. You have that in, in spades. <laughs> Dude, playing, yeah. curiosity. I always, I always want to ask. I always want to know. Like, and also, you do. it's fun. You really you, have you, that you look, hardcore. And you look and you just want to like discover and find new things. And it's, it, yeah, that's fun. I love that, Chris. I love that. That's one of my favorite things about you, Chris, is that my most favorite thing is your long, beautiful, flowing locks of hair. Uh, <laughs> no. but my second favorite thing is, is how much of your like fun, curious, boyish mind you have. Yeah, and it's it's I it's interesting what happens because I mean look what led you down this road, Andrew. You know, like you when you're curious about things that are not directly relating to what you're currently doing, you can't predict. And this is whole, part of this whole abundance mindset conversation. You can't predict how they will affect you down the road. This is what uh, oh, what's his face who spoke at our last Titan FBA Live event, uh, the guy who in, invented. Priceline.com. Yeah. Can't remember his name. You're talking about. But yeah, this is what, what he was talking about that like being curious and just finding information, like digging into learning things for the sake of it because it's interesting to you, because it, it teaches you something about the nature of reality or something that's that's happening that that uh, you don't understand the underlying causes of yet. If you have that mindset of curiosity, those things that you learn about, they end up intersecting. This has happened in my life so many times where something becomes suddenly valuable to me that never was before that I learned a long time ago. Being in a band taught me how to be on stage and have stage presence and be confident on stage and confident in front of tons of people. I never did it because I thought it would help me get ahead in business or get ahead in life or anything. I just liked playing music and it was interesting to me and it was it was fun and it was it was challenging too. Um, and I felt in the zone and in the pocket, as they say, like it, as drummers and, and bassists say, we say we're in the pocket. It feels good to do that. But later down the line, I speak on stage now a lot. And I, I do public appearances, both online and in person. And having that stage presence actually like boosted me miles ahead of someone who would have to start from scratch on that. But it wasn't because I planned it. It just happened to do that because I was chasing things that are interesting to me. I just kept going after them, like, you know, with a lot of energy, yeah, a lot and, of know, exuberance. For me, I completely agree with that. And for me, my my little like, oh, that was weird. I didn't expect that to happen, but it was great that it did is I love photography. I love taking mm. photos. And I spent a lot of time and energy like learning about composition and like the technical mm. stuff and like Photoshop on how to like chop things up. And, and then also like there's there's the art part, right? The composition, the rule of thirds, the foreground, that whatever, blah, 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 right? Being a professional photographer is not like a high paying career, you know, and so I was like, ah, it just doesn't really, unfortunately, nothing I'll probably ever get to do. But I do it. I did it because of the joy of photography, the joy of art, the joy of whatever, something I can kind of do that scratches the other side of my brain outside of the all the time I spend in spreadsheets. Right. But guess what? That makes me great at listing imagery. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. And, and like the like setting up images right on the listings and mm -hmm. also just the idea of like the, the composition of of the products, the composition, composition being kind of the art part. But but also like kind of like the not just the foo-foo art, but like the, the study of art, the study of composition on the photographs, on the layout, on the actual product itself, on the packaging and stuff like that. 
And so, and of course, I get to make make a lot of memes now and, and like make fun oh, of my yeah, friends. Uh, <laughs> Andrew is the meme master in our circle of friends. Like anytime something happens, somebody says something ridiculous or something iconic, it immediately, like, I don't know how you do it so fast. <laughs> it just shows up as a meme. I'm like, bro, we're still in the meeting. How did you even do this before we left the meeting? That's uh, uh, fun. And you know, you know, here's another example of like a fun idea that might turn into something. One of my goals, personal goals this coming quarter is to learn how to do a, how to write a smart contract on Ethereum blockchain. Oh, cool. Oh, I love this. Awesome. Where will that go? I have no idea. <laughs> Will I ever use it? Uh, maybe not. Will I learn something? Maybe, probably. I don't know. But like, that's just one of those things. I'm like, I'm just gonna throw it out there because I feel like that might be a thing that actually happens at that some point in the next year or ten or a hundred that I might have that opportunity where it makes sense that I at least have that that dot I can connect later to something else. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, actually, I know someone named Brock Pierce who his uh, marriage contract is on the blockchain. That's nice contract. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah, nice, Chris. Well, we always like to end. This is a big I love the mindset thing. I love you sharing the story. And I love the fire analogy. I hope we lit your fire today. So guys, yes. I appreciate you guys listening. If we did light your fire, we would love for you to light someone else's fire by sharing this podcast episode. That is the number one way you can you can light my fire is to share the podcast and to share with other people, post it to social. Best way, honestly, DM straight to a friend, Spotify, iTunes account, whatever it is, just text them, hey, yo, this episode's super good. Check it out. I want to light your fire. Yeah, practice that abundance right now. Cost you nothing. You know, cost you nothing <laughs> yeah, to share this, share this awesome wisdom with people. Awesome, Chris. Thank you so much for being here. This is fun. And uh, I love that Chris Chris, Chris is a very often recurring guest. We'll see you again very soon. Totally, dude. Loved it. Thank you guys for listening. And thanks for having me on, bro. Hey, guys. If you found value from this episode, I would love if you could tell the world. If you don't want to tell the entire world, I would love for you to tell iTunes at least. If you can go to iTunes, if you listen to this podcast on iTunes, go ahead and go leave us a review. I have a few here that are amazing that I love to read out. I read every single review that's posted. This one is a review from Amber K. If you're looking for a podcast to efficiently learn hacks to grow your Amazon business, this is it. Andrew's wealth of knowledge is abundant and generously shares it all for this podcast. The latest and greatest information to push to your business to the right to the next level is right here. Stop reading this review and tap play. Nice. Oh, I love it. Amber K. Thank you so much for doing that. So if you think you have a review that is equal or better than Amber K's or, or worse, whatever. If you don't like me, that's cool. You can tell me too, whatever. Go to iTunes, leave a review. Also, Spotify now is allowing ratings. So please go onto Spotify and super easy. You don't even have to write anything. You just hit five stars and leave that review. You know, as an Amazon seller, how important reviews are to your business. I am asking you at the goodness of your heart, please leave me a review as well. Thanks.